Welcome to the Christian Politics Podcast, brought to you by the For Youth, By Youth Productions. This podcast is designed to discuss modern issues through the lens of the Bible. Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Christian Politics Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you, as always. And uh, we've got an awesome interview coming up with uh, potential sheriff candidate Chad Pennell. Uh, before we get started, Bryson, how are you doing today? Oh, man. Oh, we're good. It's Today's a good day. It a is. lot of great things been happening. Uh, you know, I always give a, you know what, I'm going to start doing this every week where I give an update on, on the racing. Uh Racing's racing's going good. We, uh, yes. Tal- Talladega was was the best. Joey Logano flipped up, and he's okay. So as long as he okay, he's okay, I, I, you know that, that was cool to see. But you know what? We'll just I'm just going to start giving like a two second answer on the racing every week because I've said something about it for like the past two weeks. I'm a racing nerd. So That's great. Yeah, say that. Well, we just uh, in the world right now. We uh, just had the Oscars this past Sunday. Did you watch any of the Oscars, Bryson? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Bryson Davis watched the Oscars. No, I didn't. Watch, I didn't watch the. You Oscars. didn't watch them. Either. I have never watched the Oscars. I have maybe seen two seconds of the Oscars. I tell you what, though, I did watch it last year when they got all uh, upset over over the guy that yeah. came in there and pointed out, pointed out all their uh, Hollywood corruption in that lens that they live behind. But um, you know, I didn't watch. It. Did you watch the Oscars? I didn't. Um, but I, what I did like, I do like to reference the Oscars um, and the Grammys. Sort of the same thing. We're going to make up awards for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, who who made the best picture? Bryson, you did. So we're going to Oh, thank you. No, it's uh it's a bunch of rich uh people that that uh Hollywood elitist woke people that that uh spend the night together in one place and hand each other golden statues. Yeah. Uh is is all that that is to me. The Grammys is a little different because you have some performances it used to be a lot better because music used to be a lot better period, but um yeah. you know, that's uh that's really. I don't really watch award shows, anyways. I mean, the ACMs, the the you know the country music stuff. I like that. But uh, well, one interesting thing, I believe, if my statistic is right, the viewership for the Oscars was down fifty eight percent from last yep. year, uh, which is incredible ever. to have fifty eight percent less people watching you than last year. Mm-hmm. It's got to show something to the Hollywood elites that people just don't care. Yeah, nobody cares uh, about what, your, what's going on. Nobody so. cares about what what they're what they're doing. We we want. I mean, yeah, we watch the movies, but we don't. You know, yeah. Who cares? NFL draft just started this past Friday, uh, yesterday uh, on Thursday. I'm sorry, and uh, so that's that's going pretty well. Bryson, who's your right now prediction of who's going to win the Super Bowl? Just throw it uh, out. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Throw it no. out there right uh, now. The Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. No. Right. You heard it here first. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't know. Um, I tell you what. Last year, I did not watch that much football. Obviously. I'm a, a huge fan of the Washington Redskins. I'm not ever going to refer to them as the Washington football team. But uh, I was a little aggravated. Well, at they'll that. release a new name this year, I think. Yeah, they'll be. it'll be something uh, uh, politically correct, most likely. So uh, this the will Washington probably... The Washington Senators or something? The, the Washington... Gosh, if it's the Washington Senators, <laughs> I hope they're Republicans. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> No, it'll probably be, uh, I don't know, it'll be something crazy. They need to be the Redskins. They've been the Redskins since the 30s. But, you know, my prediction as of who's going to win the Super Bowl would be a very – be a, be a very hard thing. I mean, Kansas City is always strong. They are. They've been strong Uh, last little bit. You know, I even think – Baltimore will be pretty strong. So I, I don't the know. The real question is, does Tom Brady go back to the Super Bowl, Bryson? No. No, okay. he does he not. Does. It's, Tom Brady's done with his Super Bowls. I'm going to say that because I just think that's uh, – I don't know, though. I mean, you know, yeah, it could happen. Yeah. We'll see. It always happens with him, you know. As long as they've got a got – a, um, what do you call it? One of the uh, an air tank on the field. Yeah, be you're good. good. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to this week roundup of some things that are going on in politics. <laughs> All right. Well, the first thing that we've got to discuss today is obviously, um, obviously the obvious is uh, mm. Biden's speech, yes. uh, the address to Congress, and I will tell you, I watched some of it. The rest of it, I slept through. Um, Dude, I think Biden slept through it too. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> along with half of the other people in that room. Uh, they showed uh, ABC. I wasn't watching it on ABC, but I seen this somewhere. I'll just add this real quick. Ted Cruz was sitting there, and he was like. 
his eyes were going down and it's like you could tell he was falling asleep and i was like man that's me too man but uh but yeah that's, i slept through i want to say this it. real quick before but, we get yeah, started about the, the speech um because i heard ben shapiro say this and i thought it was fantastic every person that was in that room for the state of the union was social distanced and every single person that had was in there had a yeah. fully vaccinated vaccine. Bryson, think about it like this. What signal would it have sent if they all were in there without a mask on and said, you know what, America? We've been fully vaccinated. We're six feet apart. We're social distance. We don't have masks on. We're back to normal life. Yeah. How much, how great of a message would that have been? To the Joe Schmo on the street saying, well, I'm still going to have to wear a mask. I'm still going to have to do all these yeah. other things. But all of a sudden, we see our representative leaders saying, hey, we've been vaccinated. We don't have to wear a mask anymore. But they won't do that. No, they won't do that because they're so woke. The, va- the mask is a control piece. Or, um, or just, at this example. moment, Ted Cruz, some of those Republicans that were there would have showed up without masks. They probably wouldn't let them in. No, if but, they would have walked in and took their mask off, just like he did did in that, um, you know, the, uh, the uh, when he had the media standing in front of him and he said, "I'm fully vaccinated. I don't have a mask on." But I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would have walked in there, took took it off because if you're, so the CDC doesn't even recommend six feet anymore. It's three yeah. feet. Yeah. Plus, if you're vaccinated, they say you can go outside without a mask, but you but you can't. Uh, go indoors without a mask. I don't think I've ever worn a mask outside. No, um, I think that's just ridiculous. The uh, the mask and the the social distancing and these new requirements that we've faced for a year now are just pieces of control. And I've yeah. said that. Uh, well, when you get up and you say that seventy percent of the vulnerable society has been vaccinated, man, who are we who are we trying to protect? Yeah, from? I mean, what's the point? Kids aren't dying from it. Young people aren't dying from it. So no. you know, we're coming from the from the back end of this, but they're still wanting to make this a big thing yeah, to push it's just, some it's things. It's just a ridiculous mess and another disgusting push from, from the <laughs> radical left. Um, no, but let's get into uh, Biden's speech. So yeah, a couple what, of big things. What's your take, Your main uh, takeaways from the speech? Well, I've got two things, Bryce, and the first one is this. Um, he made this statement when, if you have a brain inside of your head, this this should be common sense, okay? He said... I'm going to do something great. I'm going to rate. I'm going to make the our our elite representatives be accountable. They're going to start uh, making 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 these these big taxes. They're going to start paying these taxes. They're going to start paying their fair share. Okay, right now in California, if you make over I think four hundred thousand dollars, you're paying fifty percent tax. That's not even counting sales tax. Okay, so they're paying their fair share. Okay, so that, okay, not even saying that. Let's go. Let's continue. This is what he said: If you are making over four hundred thousand dollars, that's the ones that we're going to see a tax increase because they need to make their 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 contribution to society. And so he makes this statement. Now I want you to think about this: If you are a business owner and you are making over four hundred thousand dollars because you've worked really hard, you started a business or you took over a business from your parents, and now you're making a lot of money. And rightfully so, you earned it. You, you're doing this. The, you, you've got the education. You're doing these things. And all of a sudden, your taxes go up. Okay. Is that not going to funnel down to the lower level people? If you're paying more in taxes, you're not going to give bonuses. You're going to maybe have to lay people off. Mm-hmm. But so, so what he says is, I'm not going to raise taxes on the young people or the people that are making less. I'm going to raise it on the rich. But in essence, that will trickle down to the people that are making less. Businesses um, are going to go into recession. They're not going to be able to hire as many people. Uh, our 401ks in the stock market are going to go. There, there's this inflation that's going to happen because businesses are going to have to charge more for their products because they're getting taxed more. They're going to have to make this bottom line number go better. And so all of a sudden, we're going to see not only a not a raise in the, younger, in the lower income brackets, we're going to see them not even having a job anymore. So Bryson, what's your thoughts on that? Well, um, I think that, you know, I would think, first of all, I was asleep during that part. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just think it was a, the whole thing was a wreck. Um, that, you know, that he says, the man says things that don't even make sense. He says things that are so, so destructive, but he's up, he's already put everybody to sleep so he can say whatever he wants. Um, I don't know. I think that this is, uh, 
I can't even believe this is happening. Um, <laughs> there was I, another I can't thing. This is America today. I just yeah. can't believe it. It's, if you noticed, hmm. he came in. I mean, he was he was fired up at the beginning. Oh yeah. But an hour into that speech, man, he was talking like a tortoise. He was. You could see the yeah. the digression of his speech. Man, it was it was rough, and and that should be alarming to us that he couldn't get up and give an hour speech and and withstand that amount of time and vigor. Um, so the other thing he added, and this is the only other thing I want to talk about, is he said that in the first three months of his presidency, first 100 days, he's added 101.4 million jobs. This is the most jobs that's ever been added in three months' time, uh, which we have come out of a pandemic. So people are hiring and people are trying to figure things out and people aren't wanting to work because they're getting paid by the government. Um, and then he makes this statement. He said, this is historic. We've added more jobs than any other president in the future, in the history of, of the world, in the history of the United States. But we need this American Job Plans Act. We need to add more jobs. We need to continue. Okay, the pandemic is coming to an end. People are wanting to hire. People are wanting people to work. And so why do we need some government incentivized job plan that's going to help this thing go out? We don't need this job plan. We need Americans to get back to work. We need America to move forward. We need us as as individuals to start hiring people back to start to. I mean, Bryson, there is not a place that I have went in Alexander County. I kid you not, that does not have a now hiring sign. I just saw this, Bryson. He's pushing for this $15 minimum wage. He it mentioned in his act. Okay, you ready? Craftmasters just put a new sign out um, at Walmart that said, now hiring starting at $20 an hour. Who would have thought that you could make $20 an hour at Craftmasters? Okay? Because they are paying because they can't find anybody to work. Exactly. But the whole the minimum wage thing has just always been ridiculous. You're shrinking the value of the dollar by making everything, by just jacking prices up because there's this big cycle, right? That goes on um, when you when you uh, when you're required to pay people a certain amount. So it, right now the minimum wage in North Carolina is what seven dollars and something. Seven twenty five. Seven, seven something. Some yeah. Um, so when that increases um, eight dollars or a little less than eight dollars and goes up to fifteen dollars, businesses are going to be paying their employees more. But they have to or not. Uh, well, yeah, their employees. They're they're going to have to have these employees, so they can't just get rid of them because mm-hmm. they don't have the funding. So what's going to happen is you you hire these employees, you pay these employees more, therefore your prices for your product or your service goes up. Then the consumer is paying more for that. So the whole entire value of the dollar, that's why you used to buy a Coke for 20 cents. Now you pay what? How much do you buy a Coke for? Like two, three dollars? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, something like that. But that's that's how that happens is is by things and issues like this, and that's all that that will do. Um, and, and I want to play this. Uh, since we're talking about the, the speech and everything, this is uh, we're talking about dangerous things and, and things that could be dangerous. Listen to this. Constitution opens with the words as trade as it sounds. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Constitution opens. We the people are the government. That, that that's dangerous. That's the that is the most terrifying and the most radical words that have ever been spoken in, a, in an address to Congress. Um, in my personal That's opinion, crazy. Yeah. Um, we the people are people like me and James who are sitting here today. We are, yes. we the people are the ones that we're, we're the employers of the government. We're the reason that they're there. Yeah. We put you there to do a job and you're working for us. You're our employees. Uh, we, the we the people are, is not the government. That is the most, and, and he's probably just confused. So I'm not going to yeah. completely bash him. Um, but, uh, you know that's just uh, that that's dangerous, and, and I just thought of that. So, so no, that's great. I'm glad you brought we'll that think up. Think of that. Senator Tim Scott mm. gave a uh, response to the speech uh, from the GOP position. I, I guess uh, this hasn't really. I don't think this has has really been done a lot before. Um, but I think since uh, there weren't so many people allowed to be in there and, and things like that, and uh, I guess in a time when the nation's so divided, was um, you know. We have a response from both sides. So Tim Scott, who, who's a great senator, done a lot of great things from South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, gave a, a great response. And I was sitting uh, sitting there watching that, and this, this one kept me awake. Um, but I'll let you talk about it. But basically, 
by the end of the night, everyone was calling him Uncle Tim. So yeah. well, tell you us know, about that. Uncle Tom is a, was a derogatory term that I believe they used to use towards slaveholders. Um, you know, a white man was Uncle Tom. He was taking care of, of his slaves. And so they began to use this term, Uncle Tim, as Tim Scott, as a racial slur of saying that he's not really for us. He's not really for uh, ending racism because he's he's endorsing these these radical right thoughts. Uh, and it began tw- trending on Twitter. Okay, Now, we have a former president that was saying, hey, we need unity. Uh, stop the violence. Stop the burning down. And he gets pulled from Twitter. He gets pulled from Facebook. And uh, we hear these these thoughts of Uncle Tom, which is a racial slur, if anything, uh, Uncle Tim, and they leave it up. Nothing gets done. Nothing yeah. gets said. Nothing. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna censor one, we've got to censor all. Uh, if we're gonna be fair in this, so for sure. Here's my favorite part in the whole thing. I love watching the woke liberal news media. Um, the uh, MSNBC was the best. It was so entertaining. They were absolutely. <laughs> After after Tim Scott gave his response, they were freaking out. They was they was like, "This is just ridiculous." I just I can't believe that that he would say that America is not a racist country. We have so many issues. It, it was just great to watch the news media and and everything that he, he was right when he said America is not a racist country, um, and, and everything else that he said. It was just a great speech in general. Um, and as always, it, it was uh, extremely, extremely entertaining to watch the news media flip yeah. out. I love it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even uh, it doesn't take a lot of common sense to hear the statements that Joe Biden was making hmm. and to hear that they were maybe not blatant lies, but they were stretching the truth just as Donald Trump did. I can only okay. I can only imagine if Donald Trump would have gave the exact same speech. Well, Joe Biden th- this did. is this is the flip side of what I want to say. CNN, I believe, had this lie counter that would, they had a counter up every time Donald Trump would say a lie. Yeah. They've taken that down and they, they're not counting the lies that, or the, the stretching of the truth, because sometimes that's what it is. And we're all guilty of this. We all want to make our side look better. We all want to make our point look better. So we'll stretch the truth a little bit. Um, and so they, they took this down because Joe Biden, he's an honest man. He, He's your your great great grandpa that was around, and he he's just loving. He, for instance, let's just let's just take this one point. Bernie Sanders has been pushing fifteen dollars an hour for ten, fifteen, twenty five thousand years. Uh, <laughs> ever since the dawn of mankind, he's been pushing this fifteen dollars an hour. Now the loving Joe Biden, who's your great grandpa, gets up and says, "Well, guys, we just need fifteen dollars an hour," and everybody goes crazy. Because he's oh, not sounding God. like Bernie Sanders, because he sounds friendly. $15 an hour. Yeah. $15 so, an hour. Yeah. Last thing, and, and we're running out of time, we want to yeah. do this, is the census data came in. Every 10 years we do a census. The data came in. There's a couple of things that's alarming. Uh, the Democrats said, well, we just need to keep recounting the census because if we do, we'll eventually get it to where we want it to be. I thought recounting <laughs> votes was bad. Yeah. Apparently recounting census is okay. Right. Uh, but there were we only recount <laughs> things that benefit us and us yeah. as Democrats. Yeah. So there was the census that came in and there were seven states that lost a House of Representative and six states gained a House of Representative. Texas gained two. North Carolina gained one. Uh, the difference right now in the seats is six. And there was a flip of seven seats. Um, and then these seats are all most of them are all in conservative areas, which tells us a couple of things. Tells us that people are moving away from the crazy leftist ideas, the crazy taxation without representation, and they're moving to a place, Texas, North Carolina, Florida, um, Montana, uh, places like that, Oregon, that don't have a ton of these taxes, that are fiscally smart, that are fiscally doing the right thing, and people are trying to leave the areas, New York, California, um, Pennsylvania, things like that. They're leaving those places and coming to where they are going to make more money, they're going to do better, and they're going to be able to raise a family that's going to do well. And so um, I think this this is going to be a big swing in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to affect our congressmen as well. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the next election when we start seeing seats to get taken away yeah. and seats getting added to other places. Because this also adds... 
um, to our electoral college. North Carolina just added four electoral college votes. So we had 13. We had 13. We are now equal with Hawaii. So now this brings a balance back to where things are at electoral college-wise. So this really will swing. uh, This is going to be huge. This this will be big to where um, in 2022 and 2024 – when the when the races come up, is especially for president, where they'll be com- campaigning, yeah. and which states will be important because um, North Carolina is a swing state. It always it has been for a long time, and it's very important because of those thirteen electoral votes that are so key. But now that we've got so many, um, um, it, it could be really big. And I believe Florida uh, most likely gained some, and, and Texas as well. Yeah, these are um, the these are the states that gained House seats, okay. which also will add to the electoral college which will take away from the other ones. So um, Texas gained two seats, Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon all added one seat. As a result, California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia all lost one seat, which means they lost electoral college votes, which means the ones that they lost will now go to these other six states. Texas is going to be even bigger now. They've got two more. They're going to get more elect. Texas could be now even the powerhouse yeah. um, of everything because of how many people are leaving California and New York to go to Texas. Here's the uh, the important thing that, that we remember, though, for those folks that are moving from California, uh, places that <laughs> have been destroyed by liberal policies, and that's not, you know, that's just the truth, and that's just what happened. That's the reason California is... Uh, is so expensive to live in. It's why they have so many taxes, even places like New York, just all of those states. Um, what they do, um, these people who uh, bless their hearts, they, they come uh, from California states in which the policies they voted for have destroyed, um, and they move to places like Texas. And uh, uh, Austin is a good example, the city of Austin. Um, they come in there, and, and they move to places like that and establish... The same policies that destroyed the place that, <laughs> that, they, just that they just left. And they yeah. left that because they can no longer afford it and they can no longer live there because of the policies that have destroyed it. Yeah. Um, so when they move around and they vote for the same policies, it does nothing but uh, destroy. It, eventually, the whole country will be destroyed by liberal policies, and that's how that happens. It's like a disease. It spreads. Yeah. They leave it. Um, and they come to a new place, they destroy it. It's like they don't realize what's they don't realize the source of the problem, and that comes with wokeness, um, and and what you see um, being and that look. This goes down a whole list of other issues that we could spend hours talking about. Um, goes all the way back to uh, what people are hearing, what they're getting um, from from the news media, from their TV, even in the schools. Yeah, uh, it goes back to that problem with with complete wokeness, and and so that's the uh, issue. Is look. Uh, Ron DeSantis said it best um, when he said, "We love, we want you to come to Florida. You know, we we enjoy it. The, I'm sure the economy in Florida. Well, I know the economy in Florida is just booming. It is uh, the probably the best in the country right now. Um, and so he said, people coming to Florida is not the problem. It's people coming to Florida and voting the liberal policies into office. Yeah. Um, and they'll be allowed to do that in in Florida because they have the the right uh, version of of our elections down there, but. Um, as long as they, uh, he said, as long as they come down here and they don't ruin Florida, a state which is probably one of the hottest states in, in the country right now as far as e- economic boom and just freedom, uh, that is the state that represents freedom in this country at this moment. So um, that's the only issue uh, with people moving away. But but it will uh, cause a big change and uh, make things a lot interesting for us who... Yeah, who, uh, people like us who who get to talk about these things and in, uh, in the future, so gives us I'm, good topics. To it talk does. About. I'm really excited about uh, about all the interesting things. I think it'll be a positive thing. Yeah. Um, so we've had a, we've had a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to mention these two things. Maybe we'll bring them up in the next co- um, our next uh, meeting when we talk through some things. Uh, but these are two things I just want you to be aware of. Things to be thinking about. The first one, huge. Apple announced that they are moving their uh, they're making a brand new facility in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is going to bring uh, 20,000 jobs, I believe I read. It's going to be a several billion dollar facility. Uh, it's just a massive structure they're going to build there. Um, so that's a good thing for our economy in North Carolina. The second thing, and this is huge, if you are someone who is a Bible-believing Christian, uh, the Board of Education in North Carolina just 
voted this past week to allow and to enforce the teaching of critical race theory in our public school system. Uh, If you don't know what critical race theory is, please look that up. We may do an episode on it here soon. Uh, But this is a very, very detrimental Marxist theology um, that is a theory that is now infiltrating our school system uh, by our Board of Education. I believe they voted seven to five for this to be a mandatory teaching in our school system, which is huge, which is detrimental for our students. And uh, so be thinking about that, be praying about that. But today we've got an interview lined up. Oh, Let me say something real quick. Okay, as a student here. I'm like. sorry, as a student. Um, I can't wait to be taught critical race theory. That That is going to be the class that people will not like me, and, I, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, but, but real quick, cr- critical race theory, like you said, is a sugar-coated way of teaching Marxist ideologies in um, in our schools, and all that it will do, uh, you know, I, I'm against it because for this one simple reason, I think that we need to need to associate and look at people as individuals and not associate them with groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what critical race theory yep, does. It groups it, things together. It groups yep. things together. It pushes that Marxist ideology in a sugar-coated way in which, uh, you know, people who don't know any better mm-hmm. uh, can't recognize. So uh, it'll be a bad thing, but I, honestly, I can't wait to be taught critical race theory. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun in that class. Yeah. So... So, well, we've got with us today here Mr. Chad Pennell. He's running for sheriff for Alexander County. He has been a, sh- a police officer for 27 and a half years only in Alexander County. He uh, was born and raised here in Alexander County over in the Ellendale area, and uh, he's 50 years old. Chad, welcome to the show. Why don't you go ahead and give us your background, let the listeners know a little bit about who you are. All right. Thank you uh, for inviting me, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners. I'm 50 years old. I have a wife. Uh, her name's Deanna. I have a daughter, Brianna, that goes to high school. My son is um, 12. He goes to West. Uh, I'm from Ellendale. I have um, pretty much grown up my whole life either in Ellendale or Bethlehem. I was in Bethlehem for a short period of time. Um, That's my wife's fault. Um, So um, I started, uh, let's go back to high school. Graduated from AC, went into the service, I spent six years in North Carolina Army National Guard uh, right out of high school. Then I went and got an associate's degree uh, at Wilkes Community College um, in criminal justice and protective services. After that, I went to BLET, uh, started at the sheriff's office in 1993. Um, And then I just retired November of last year. Uh, I've done community stuff in the county for I coach football for the rec department at Ellendale I've done all kinds of little you know little things like that and um, just been in Alexander County my whole life that's good um, so you talk about um, sort of your your start there um, so tell us about like what positions you've been in law enforcement because I think it's very interesting okay so uh, again I started in 1993 at Alexander County Sheriff's Office I've worked for three separate sheriffs I've held positions starting with school resource officer, patrol deputy, uh, shift supervisor, uh, then promoted to investigations where I primarily did sexual abuse investigations, child abuse and sexual abuse investigations for five years. Uh, Then I was a regular detective. uh, They call that general investigations. Uh, From there, I went to narcotics, um, worked narcotics for several years. I was cross-sworn with the FBI and the U.S. Marshals and did uh, narcotics investigations all over the United States. I was promoted in 2012 to captain, and that was over investigations and road patrol all at one time. Now, this was back when we were still at the the courthouse. Once we moved to the new courthouse, uh, the office grew quickly. So I was then changed to where I was just over road patrol. I spent, if you look at my career, I spent 15 years in investigations, and I spent 12 and a half on road patrol. So my, my time has been split pretty much the same between both. Other things at the office that I did was I was over the SWAT team since 2008, nine somewhere in there. I was a general instructor 2008, which allowed me to teach uh, law enforcement topics, criminal injustice, uh, anything that had to do with that, I could teach it. Then in 2009, I went and got my firearms, where I 
primarily teach firearms to all the deputies. I was the one that uh, made sure they qualified, made sure that they knew what use of force was, how that policy applied to our office and how what they needed to do. Then uh, I was in-service coordinator, which means every person at that office, I took care of their records to make sure that they had the training they needed each year. Um, now a deputy is required to have 24 hours of in-service. Six of those has to be firearms. A detention officer has to have 16. Um, then, you know, then you've got your telecommunicators. They have to have 16. So each one of those things I, I've done, you know, and had to make sure I take took care of those things. So that's pretty much the background at the office. That's great. Um, what, why don't you give us some your party platform, where some major issues that you'll be running on, um, areas needing improvement, um, and then specifically, if you get to it, uh, what has led you to run for sheriff, and why are you wanting to run against Sheriff Bowman at this time? Okay. Um, let me start off with the why first. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, uh, when you get uh, in law enforcement, you're doing that because it's it's in your DNA. That's you don't you don't do it for the money because the money's not there. It's because you want to serve. Um, so I initially had no thoughts about running for office. I was going to retire, go home, enjoy my retirement. I was going to do electrical work on the side for my brother-in-law, and then I was going to, uh, you know, just do the the kid thing because I missed a lot of things as my kids was growing up, ball games and birthdays and stuff because of stuff that happened in the county that I need to be there and need to work at. I was doing a devotional. Um, It was on July 23rd. And that devotional said specifically, God will call you to do what you can't do, but will provide you what you need to do to do it. And then it had a verse of scripture it was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I had been having that tug that I needed to do something else, that I was not done in law enforcement, but I didn't really know what that was, whether that was going to keep teaching, Billy T or firearms. I, I didn't know. So I talked to my wife, and I said, we can't talk to anybody because I'm still working at the sheriff's office, and the right thing for me to do is retire and not bring any of that up till after I retired. Mm-hmm. So after I retired, I in November, I called the current sheriff and I let him know what I was going to do. So I was in up and up and not trying to go behind his back. I thought that was the right thing for me to do. The important things for me is, number one, everybody that I talk to right now says we have a major drug problem. And we do have a major drug problem. There's more ways to handle that drug problem, um, and this is how I want to do it. We're teaching DARE to our kids right now, and that's good, but we need to expand that. We need to teach the kids more. We need to educate them more about drugs, what they're going to see, what they're going to be exposed to, because what I got exposed to in high school was completely different to what these kids are getting exposed to in junior high Mm -hmm. or in high school now. And then we need to also educate the parents or the grandparents or aunts or uncles, whoever's taking care of these kids, because now it's not, sometimes it's not just the parents that's taking care of them. Sometimes it's a grandparent that's raising the kids for whatever reason. Something happened to their parents or, or whatever. We need to educate those people to where this is what you need to look for in the house. This is things you need to pay attention to. Talk about social media. Talk about all those things, because we don't want kids to get in trouble and then try to reform them. We want to try to reform them before they ever get in trouble. And by education, that's one part. The second part, because I spent so long investigating narcotics and working cases, I work cases in California, I work cases from Atlanta, Georgia, you know, big hubs where there was uh, Washington State, where there was a lot of methamphetamine or cocaine being shipped to Alexander County. It's good to get the big fish. But now some people will say, hey, this drug house beside me, this is a major problem. Well, how do we get the big fish? We start off with the little fish. Well, then how does the court system work? The court system works where the little fish gets off 
and he goes back to doing what he was doing so we can get the big fish because he's not going to help us if we don't if we don't give him some incentive to help us mm-hmm. and that's in cooperation with the DA's <laughs> office or whoever else so it takes somebody that knows how those cases are worked and understanding the complaints that they're getting on where are we going to get how how is that how, where are we going to get the best bang for the buck? How is, how is it going to be best to work in our community? How, how are we going to stop those complaints to where people say that we're solving the problems that they're asking us to solve? So then some other things is we're losing officers. Um, I did, I, I've talked about this several times. I want to create a career development program to where we keep the officers that we're training and we're not sending them to other counties. Mm-hmm. Because That's we're good. losing good officers. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm training them here. I'm spending money on them. I'm spending time on them, and we're getting them to where they're, you know, they're efficient. And guess what? They leave us to go make money somewhere else, a lot more money. So I want to create a program to where take take the politics out of who gets promoted. Make it a written test. Make it a interview then look at their job performance, and then that's who we promote. Mm-hmm. And we train people within the office to do other jobs because right now they're stagnant. Unless someone retires, no one moves up. Mm-hmm. And we need, to, we need to have some movement throughout because there may be a rock star there that can work drug cases like, but he's never had or she's never had the opportunity. So with me seeing these officers and training these officers, I know what they can do. I know what their potential is. And knowing where to move them and put them and seeing where they're best going to be effective at that office is important. Community relations is the other big thing. And I feel even like this. If I'm elected, I hope that you will have me back to where there will be questions that you may have about, hey, how about this? Have you thought about this? Because I want to be out in the community. I want to be talking to the community watch people. I want to be talking to our Ruitans. I want to be talking to other groups. I want to spend time at uh, different restaurants where people just eat breakfast and they sit around and talk to where I get feedback because as the sheriff or as a, as the office, we're only as efficient as people that we're working for believe we are. So that means I'm, I am, um, I don't want to say it, I want to be loss of words I want to be in the community where people can interact with me and I feel that I'm accountable to them to where I'm doing the correct things and they're seeing that we're doing the correct things and I'm getting that feedback yeah well, I've, I've seen recently in the news <clears throat> Sheriff Bowen has made some pretty big drug arrest of the table with I don't know a million dollars worth of drugs on the table um, so is he making steps in that right direction? What's the purpose? I mean, is there, has he not been effective? Do you think, what's the reason for running against um, Sheriff Bowen at this time? Well, if I can point in, was it that, didn't, did you not announce that you were running uh, beforehand? It, I was thinking that uh, maybe he, the current sheriff wasn't going to run for a second term, maybe. So, um the sh- the sh- current sheriff never told me he was not going to run. Oh, okay. Um, he he never said that to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he told somebody else that, well, I no, and I'm not. I'm just saying what I had heard. Night bashing him because he's yeah. a good guy and everything yeah. else. So that ain't nothing like that. But I just you know, yeah, just no, off the top of my head there. I I had uh, I had been told the same thing, but I I come back to that person and said he never told me he was not going to run. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about the current sheriff because he is our sheriff. We've got to respect the position, whether he's in there or whether somebody else is in there. It's not about him, mm-hmm. um, why I'm running. Okay. It's about what I think I can do, <clears throat> what I know I can do for this county, and how the steps that I can improve and the things that I can improve in this county. I don't want to make it about a person because it's not that. Yeah. Our kids is what's most important. Safety for our citizens is what's most important. And I believe I'm the right person right now for that job, that that I've got the background, that I've got the ability, that um, I've seen everything. I've done every aspect of that office. And and I'm, I'm here at the right time to move our office forward 
and to where the people, the county people in our county, they're looking right now. They're looking for something. They're looking, and and changes a changes a what everybody likes to say. But if we don't have the right change, we're not fixing anything. It's mm-hmm. got to be the right change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so, a great response. I, I appreciate that response. Yeah, yeah that's re- that's really good. That's. That's really good. A lot of people will uh, really like this episode. I'm really having a good time here. Um, so let's transition into something that's going on throughout the country. Um, and, and generally, you see law enforcement in the news all the time. Um, nowadays, obviously, the media portrays them in a very dark and horrific way. But what are your thoughts on the national outrage that we see uh, for, I guess, over a year now, since about uh, March, April of last year? Okay. Um so, Alexander County is a different county. I'm going to try to relate it back to here. We had a protest here in our county, and people came to protest. Mm-hmm. They didn't have masks on their face. They didn't have their helmets on. They didn't have body armor. They didn't have all those things. They came, said, this is who I am, and I feel that we need to do some change about this. So... That's number one. That tells me a lot about why that person's there. So the rights and stuff, if you look at they're at night. Mm-hmm. They're covering their face. They're all dressed up. And they're coming prepared for something else than to protest. I don't, I don't think, I don't like the word protest in that aspect because they're coming with the, with the thoughts of breaking the law. Mm-hmm. So if, if that occurred here in Alexander County, it's going to be dealt with harshly. And quickly, mm-hmm. because that does not need to happen here. That's not who Alexander County is. That's not how we. That's not how we do things. A protest is everybody seeing who you are and wanting, just like I am. I'm running for an office, and I'm wanting people to see my face and say, "This is this is Chad Pennell. This is why I'm doing it." Well, these people are fluential in their group, their center group, and they're wanting people to know that, hey. I'm protesting against this because I feel it's important. That's the big difference. And and in this county, even what's happened recently with the deputies that got killed in Wataga, which greatly saddened, I looked at Facebook a little bit, and there's a lot of pictures of people that says, I'm standing behind those people in blue right now, Absolutely. a lot of them. A lot. And that shows a lot about what Alexander County is about. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's good that you uh, bring that up because that's a very tragic situation that it happened. Is. And to it's see terrible. the support that uh, uh, the people that got behind them, like you said, that was uh, a, a pretty in- incredible thing. And, and pointing back on what you say about Alexander County, I feel like um, the reason we haven't had something like that is because of what you said. That's not who we are, and that's not what what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so let's sort of stay on that same, uh, stay in the same boat, I guess, and, and move on to the. Uh, well, Let me ask you one thing real quick. Okay. Um, what about, uh, has anything ever happened in Alexander County? And I'm new to Alexander County. I've only okay. been here three and a half years. Um, has anything ever happened like what happened in Watauga just this last week uh, with the police standoff, two deputies getting killed, uh, the mur- murder-suicide? Has anything like that ever happened uh, in that gravity in Alexander County that you know of? Oh, yes, uh, for sure. So... Um We've had one deputy, well, actually he was a sheriff, that was killed in the line of duty. That's the only one that I'm aware of, and that's Elisha Beber. He is hit the building, the law enforcement center is named after him, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so he was killed. His son actually took over Sheriff Thomas Beber after he was killed. Uh, that's the only deputy that or officer. Um, well, there was one in, I think there might have been one in the town, I'm trying to remember if there was or not. I I know that was the only deputy, so I, I know that's a truthful answer. Okay. Um, so as far as officer-involved shootings, now, being that I'm retired, I can't go back and research, so I just had to remember what happened while I was on watch was the way I'm going to answer that. So we had one officer-involved shooting where a person was killed, where an officer shot and killed someone. It was ruled justified by the DA's office. It was investigated and and all that that happened. Um, there was I know of three other occasions where officers fired their weapons where there was no injury, which I'm I'm grateful for. Um, 
and those all happened while I was there at the office, and all those were investigated, and um, and those officers were cleared and allowed to come back to work. So those are the three accounts. Now, as far as murder-suicide, we've had more than what what I would care to say. I don't I don't even know if I could could give you a number and standoffs and and things like that. They happen more commonly than what people actually think, and most of the ones that I was involved in, they they fall back on two things, two areas. Number one is domestic violence. Number two is mental health. Those are the two major areas that, that I feel that we, when we have those types of, of encounters, those are the ones that are at the top of the list. Now, they could have been other things I'm not thinking about, but those are the two major ones. And in mental health, the officers are going there similar to what happened in Watauga to do a welfare check or try to help somebody. And then they get thrown in a situation that, that it, uh, it jumps into something else quickly is the quick, easiest thing I know to say. And, and then, then everybody's like, well, what do we do? What do we do? Well, we're not here for criminal. It's not criminal. We're trying to help him, but now they're, they're shooting at us. Now it's criminal, mm-hmm. but he really needs help or she needs help. Yeah. And it really puts the officer in a bad situation of, you know, I don't want to hurt this person. You know what to do. Yeah. And, and just to be honest, America does not do a good job in mental health issues. We, we're not doing a, a good job at all. We're really failing in that aspect of it. And it's because we've taken so much money out to pay for other things. Yeah. You know, so um, that's the best way I know to answer those yeah. questions. Well, and the reason I ask that is I, I don't want us to think that we're in a bubble. I don't want us to think that we are immune to this. Um, you know, we've seen the riots and or peaceful protests, I'm sorry, uh, in, in Minneapolis, and we've seen them in <laughs> Chicago. And sometimes we think, well, we're in Alexander County. This would never happen. Well, then it hits home in Watauga. I mean, just the county over. We play them. We do things. Um, and so I want us to not not think that this can happen, uh, but to think that it has happened and how we responded with it. We responded peacefully. We re- responded, you know, justicely. We did research. We looked it out. We just didn't make blanketed statements. So um, the thing, the only thing I would like to add is these situations, these things in happen in exa- in Alexander County just like they would in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. What happened in Watauga could easily have happened here. I'm going to say I can think of five situations in in my career that uh, could easily an officer could have been, you know, killed. And honestly, people in our county don't realize just how many times officers have been shot at. I was in the service. I did not have to go off to war or anything. I was a peacetime um, um military personnel, I guess you would say. And I got shot. I've been shot at a lot more in law enforcement over my career than I ever did when I was in the service. Hmm. So it it happens here. It happens more frequently than what, you know, what people realize. And as an office, we never wanted to put that front and center because it's not about, it's not about it's everybody was safe and we was able to end it peacefully. That's, that's what the end result we want. You know, we don't want to, dramatize everything else that happened yeah yeah um so let me ask you this uh i want to get your thoughts on defunding the police because that's another big issue um that a lot of politicians and and people in the media are pushing today okay uh um i was brought up you don't uh cut off the hand that feeds you um so that's the nicest way of saying that you can't defund somebody that protects you Mm -hmm. um there needs to be a happy medium there um, because Alexander County's, again, we're different. We don't have the tax base Iredell County has or Catawba County has. And you can throw money endlessly in police and you can get results. But there's got to be a happy medium there to where you're being uh, efficient with the taxpayer's money. And that that comes to that funding comes from the commissioners who uh, in my opinion, and I have a good working relationship with the current commissioners now before I left and know them all, 
they do a good job of that. They see the needs and they look at everything that's going on and they they're they're doing the right things. Now that also goes to other parts of county government. You've got the county manager, you've got other pieces of the puzzle that the you know the sheriff's office works with to make sure that we're spending the money the correct way. Now that that can be as how we buying cars. You know, if if they're giving us a car budget, how we buying cars? Are we being efficient about buying our vest because every five years vest is no longer any good because you wear them they deteriorate after five years and they're good anymore you've got to you know and they do a real good job of those things and is the officers getting enough training now i want to speak on that a little bit that's free we can do that free and the only thing we're going to pay for is their salary and we're going to pay for their uh, food we can send them to justice academy in edneyville we can send them to the justice academy in salemburg and they can go and they can get improvements and they can get, you know, and they can bring that back, mm-hmm. you know, that. To, and then I, you know, I, if I was there or there's another teacher there, I can teach that same lesson plan because I have, you know, unless it's specialized, uh, it's something that I could turn around and I could take that information, if it's good information, and teach other people on how, you know, de-escalate this, that, or the other. So, it, you know, there's got to be a balancing act. I do not agree with defunding the police at all because we got to have protection. Um, even now, like now, I'm a private citizen. You know, I do not have, I mean, I'm still certified uh, as a law enforcement officer, but I don't have the arrest powers anymore because once I retired, I turned all those, you know, turned all that in. So I'm a citizen just like you gentlemen are. So, I, you know, it's it's about it's about how we fund that and you cannot you cannot defund the police we've got to have that protection yeah mm-hmm. oh i wrote this down it wasn't in your notes i just it came uh, that's to me right. a second ago i'm good um there was a just recently in california i don't know if it was a district attorney or if it was a sheriff uh it was maybe in one of the counties he said that they were no longer going to be pulling over people for basic traffic stops. Have you heard about that story? I did not hear about okay. that. He said he was no longer going to be enforcing or encouraging his officers to pull over people uh, because of traffic stops. If their license plate was out of date, if they didn't stop at a stop sign, if they were speeding a little bit, you know, if it was just a minor thing, he's encouraging them not to pull them over because uh, the majority of those basic traffic stops are black people that they're pulling over. And so to reduce the amount of racial tension, we're just not going to pull them over anymore. Uh, what does that sound like to you? How does that even sound beneficial? Um, in my mind, I'm thinking if I'm at a stop sign and I've waited and I'm going to go forward and someone runs a stop sign, you know, we need to have some type of prevention there. If the law's there for a reason, we should enforce the law. If we don't want law, we want anarchy. Let's just get rid of all the laws and let anybody do whatever they want. Um, it sounds like they're punishing the people that are following the laws, the people that aren't following the laws. Let's not punish them because of whatever reason. So um, my thoughts on that is two-sided. Um, I want to give both sides of it. From the sheriff's side of it, he is he is um, shrinking his encounters. So anytime a person has dealings with a law enforcement officer, it can be a good result or it could be a bad result. By shrinking in the encounters, he's shrinking his liability of something bad happening. Mm-hmm. At, you know, so traffic stops can be used to instruct someone not do – I mean, I could stop you for running that stop sign, and first time I've ever had any dealings with you, walk up there and say, hey, how are you? Uh, I stopped you because you run this stop sign. We've had some wrecks here in this area because of this stop sign and people rolling through and we're just trying to stop, you know, further accidents. And please have a good day, go on about your business, you know, so on and so forth. Or the person might be elderly and they don't know that their tags run out because with coronavirus, there's a lot of that stuff that's got messed up right now. Yeah. Sir or ma'am, do you realize that your, you know, your tags run out? You need to go. Right now, I don't think they're doing many uh tickets because of that because a lot of those places have been you know shut down yeah. so how can you penalize somebody if they can't get it to do it right. so some of those encounters can be good or it could be a, a younger driver 
you know, and you, you're saving their life because they are speeding and you know something's getting ready to happen. And uh, like whenever I was growing up, when I done something bad, I got instruction from my father and my mother. Sometimes that sometimes I liked that because it was just a talking to. Sometimes I didn't like that because I got a whooping. Well, police is the same way. We're not your parents, but when you do something wrong, we're going to correct you by citation or, you know, I hope not, but sometimes it's an arrest. It depending on what that is for. And I've had people come back to me that has that I've arrested and said, "Thank you." You changed me, you know, and so some of those encounters are good. Gotcha. Well, that's great. I appreciate you uh, um, doing that. We do have a couple of questions we want to ask you. We ask all of our politicians these questions. Uh, Some of them you've already answered, Um, but who is someone that has been a role model to you or someone that you've looked up to um, during your career as a police officer or even, you know, running for a politician here? Or an elected office. I have, uh, I was able to work for three sheriffs in my career, but there was a person at at the office that always had my back. Um, No matter what, he would come and talk to me if I was, um, if I needed somebody to talk to and if I needed uh, some guidance, see somebody I could call. And uh, he probably would not want me to mention his name, but I'm going to mention it anyway. His name's Keith Warren. I worked for him for a long time, and we, we're like brothers. Um, I watched his kids grow up. He's watched my kids grow up. Um, and how he handled himself and how he deal, dealt with situations, I feel that I'm a lot like him. And I'm better for knowing him and learning from him. And I hope that I've, in my time there, whether I – um, win sheriff or whether I don't that I've had that same um, impact on some of those guys that's there now that's good, yeah. that's good. Um, so we're, I'm going to ask you uh, one more is with race being uh, you know obviously a sensitive topic and we've talked about defunding the police and we've talked about the rights just uh, if you want to just go ahead uh, let everybody know where you stand on the issue um, just you know just uh, generically I guess. all right so um, when I deal with a person, I'm dealing with that person. I don't look at uh, the color of their skin, uh, where they're from, what part of the county they're from. It That doesn't matter to me. I'm going to treat them. I try to treat everyone how I would be treated, well, how I want to be treated. Now, have I made some mistakes? Of course, we've all made mistakes. And have I raised my voice sometimes? I have raised my voice sometimes. But sometimes you have to do that to get somebody's attention. Um, so I'm doing each person. I'm taking the situation. I'm just dealing with them as a person. And what color of their skin, any of those things. And mo- our guys in our office that's there now currently, that's exactly how they do it. That's exactly what they're going to do each and every time. They're not going to look at it any other way. Yeah. So we are the Christian Politics Podcast, and me and Bryson, we're both believers. And so we want to ask you this question. We ask this question to every person that runs that comes on our show. Uh, why do you think that you deserve the Christian vote? Um, what would you say that you would want to encourage someone? Uh, you know, we, we always ask our, our young people, we ask the question, uh, which political party deserves your vote? And more times than not, we've had... The response of, um, you know, we I like to vote for the people that I, I know, not necessarily their party platform, but what they stand for and who they are. And so what what would you say to that person that is a Christian, that's a young person that's just now voting um, of to vote for you? And why would you want them to vote for you? Deserve is the, for me, is the key word. Um, I'm not deserving of anything. Just by grace, it's where I'm at right now. Um, I didn't get saved till I was older. Um, I lived in, I grew up in church my whole life. My parents took me to church. Um, whether I wanted to or not, I, I went. And um, until I got in law enforcement, I didn't, um, I didn't know what that meant. I thought I was saved, 
but thinking is one thing and knowing something completely different. Mm-hmm. When that happened to me and I knew, my life changed um, for the better, 100% better. Um, I, I've even said this. It's not my place to call myself a Christian. It's your place to tell me if I'm a Christian or not. Because if you are, if you're a true Christian, it's going to show on you, mm-hmm. and and people's going to be able to see that, and they're going to be able to look at you and say, "He's a Christian. He's a believer." That's how I want to be recognized. I'm not going to mark myself that way because I I believe uh, I'm saved, or not believe. I know I'm saved, and Alexander County and the United States is so important to me. Um, I felt my daddy served in the service. I knew I needed to serve in the service. Um, God's always first. To me, country was as important. And I I did my time. Um, I wished I would have done longer now, mm-hmm. but God had a different plan for me. My plan was to serve Alexander County. Mm-hmm. And I can see... There was times I wanted to go other places or thought I wanted to go other places, and I wasn't—I didn't get the freedom to go. So I didn't go, and I'm glad I didn't because this county is what's important to me. The kids in this county, the the citizens of this county, um, this is my home. This is where I want to— I want to give back to what I've been given and the freedoms that I've been given and the people that's been in front of me that kept it safe when I was growing up and I didn't have any problems. I want to be that person. I want to be that person that takes care of your kids or takes care of you now as you're growing up. And whenever you get older, we can pass that baton Mm -hmm. to somebody else. And, And the reason I'm running as a Republican is, um, I've got two kids. I almost lost one. I I do not believe in abortion at all. And I'm not I can't stand with a party that does. Mm. And as an independent, um independent is is they've got to get so many signatures and this, that and the other. There's a lot of different things that they've got to you know, they've gotta do. And you really don't know how an independent stands on things. Well, as a Republican, I stand for the flag, and that is something that is sacred to me. I stand on the Bible. That's sacred to me. And I stand for life. That's sacred to me. That's what's important, and that's the reason I'm running why I'm running. That's great. That's great. Um, Now I'm just going to ask you if you have any uh, closing thoughts, a a brief uh, final message that you would like to give uh, to people who may be listening. And it, it is going to be brief. Um, We've talked about a lot. so We have. We and, have. And, and I appreciate it. Stuff, yeah. And I appreciate it. So, number one, um, I'm the only candidate that has a degree. I'm the only candidate that has an advanced law enforcement certificate. And that is I've had over 1,000 hours of training for myself, and I've taught over 700 hours of training to officers. Um, now, people look at that and say, well, that's, that's not a lot. Well, that is a lot. That's a lot. Um, I have the experience through all areas of, of the office. I have the ability, and I have the youth because I'm, I'm 50. So I've still got a lot of life in me, I hope, if the good Lord leaves me here, to do more in our county. I'm asking for the the voters in our county to pray for me, to support me, and to vote for me in 2022. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to pray for you right now, and uh, we appreciate you coming on our show. It's been a great time, great time talking to you, getting to know you as well, and we hope this will be beneficial to um, our county and to our, our people that are listening. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to... Uh, be able to speak about these issues in a free nation and uh, we don't ever want to say that for granted i pray that you'll be with chad and be with all of our county law enforcement as it's uh you know fresh on our minds with what just happened that you would keep them safe that you would protect them um, and whether or not he gets elected lord allow us to to lift up our sheriff and always be respectful of 
who is in that office and who is protecting us and looking out for us. And uh, we just thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for all your blessings. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm having a little trouble over here. <laughs> all right. That's the show. I want to thank you, uh, Chad, uh, so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciated that and enjoyed that. Um, a lot of people will appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, as always, if you like the content, like what you hear, leave us a like, uh, rating, and review. Uh, send us an email at fibyproductions at gmail.com. And as always, leave us an audio message on uh, Anchor FM. And until next time, God bless. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by FYBY. If you enjoyed the content, please leave a rating or review and check out our Facebook page for more content.